Hello, and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. Also home of the unofficial, unsanctioned social media jersey, which we have proudly given away this week. My name is Dan, and with me as always is Sarah, to announce to you the winner. Yes, hello, we have a winner. Oh, so exciting. It was huge. We raised over $3,500 which was incredible. We had about 4,600 votes for about 33 different riders who were nominated for their social media. So all in all, I think we were quite successful, Dan. I'd say so, but most successful was uh, young Emma Trott. Yes, Emma won the, so- the first inaugural social me- media jersey. I, it, was, it was looking like a two-horse race, actually, between Miranda Vries and Lex Albrecht. But then em- Emma Trott's sister, Laura Trott, tweeted about it and proving our point actually that women's cycling fucking huge reach um bounced emma right up to the top of the leaderboard did indeed and also gave emma uh some great opportunities to to really stick it to laura around the family dinner table you know (laughs) olympic gold whatever heaps of people have those but But i've won the social media jersey name all the people who've won the the social media jersey I'll give you a hint. Their name is Emma Trot in your face. <laughs> it was great, and I loved her tweets. Anyway, her tweets from mm. Brainwash were hilarious. They um, really were. <laughs> she had a really nice, fun set of of race of nice mocking her teammates as well, which I always approve of. <laughs> uh, taking things ever so seriously. That's uh, that's how it should be done. Yeah, and um, so Lex Albrecht was in second, and hello, if anyone from the Albrecht army is listening, hello, you're our new best friends. <laughs> well, actually, you're all our new best friends, um, because we we are still collecting uh, from our, our wonderful donors um, the info that we need to get our price certificate and our t-shirt slash jersey made up. So mm-hmm. if I'm waiting on stuff from you, hurry the fuck up already. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll have to make it up for them, Dan. Oh, hey, now that's interesting. Because <laughs> I've probably got enough, enough, uh, you know, 140 character messages left to make an interesting short story. Sounds mm, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm still very curious to see what um, people come back with for, uh, for me to read. And um, and I want to know which of your photos proved most popular, Sarah. Well, we'll we'll have to wait and see. And um, congratulations also to our winners of each race. So that was um, Tiffany Cromwell who won Toscana, uh, Emma Johansson who won Brain- who won Brainwash, and Sarah Olson who won uh, who won the Tour de Ladesh. And we'll put on our website prowomenscycling.com. Uh, you'll be able to see the post which details all the winners and, more importantly, links to their fantastic social media. So you, if you haven't seen it already, you can check it out because bloody hell, those women are entertaining. They really are. They really are. And speaking of women from all over the world getting together to fulfil your every entertainment fantasy and desire, how good <laughs> was the world's road race? Oh, oh, let me just have a moment. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> It was fantastic. Oh, I've lost I've lost superlatives for it. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, it made me lose the lose the ability to speak. How did you find it? How was it for you? Yeah, I thought it was okay. <laughs> no, I'm 
was fucking great. It was it was really interesting to me watching um, the the race um, in. You know, there, there was a lot of similarity to the Olympic race, which I think was the other real standout race, one one day race um, of yeah. of the year. But um, I, you know, obviously the weather was a bit better, course was a bit different, but it was really interesting watching um, watching things unfold. The the crash, the big fucking crash, as I like to yeah. call it, uh, obviously had quite an impact on tactics and the the teams and riders that adapted to the situation on the road quickest seemed to fare best but mm. the thing that i found just amazing was that it had that perfect mix of brilliant team tactics you know the dutch just rode the shit out of that race perfectly oh, perfectly but that there were still you know a few underdogs and um and um you know sort of tough outsiders who plucky outsiders who uh who worked their way in there and, and took their chances and, and did well but most of all the one thing the single thing that stands out most of all for me about this race is that on the second last lap uh sarah and i were chatting uh while we were watching the race i said to sarah if rachel nalen can stick with the next break she's got a real shot at the podium <laughs> you and, did he did actually say that and and sarah laughed at me and was like no no she doesn't i'm sorry i love rachel but she doesn't and... uh, to be fair to be fair i had um at that point in the break there was um amber neban and charlotte becker because i'd been having i was also having a chat with um ben atkins on twitter and he said who's your who's your pick for the podium and i tweeted back Voss. Becker, Longo Borghini, and this was once once Voss had joined the break, and he tweeted back exactly the same thing at the same time, and we were both like, ha we're geniuses. <laughs> but not as big geniuses as Dan, because I was listening to last week's podcast as well, Dan, and amongst your predictions for every type, every way that the race would win, you did actually predict Voss on the podium with Longo Borghini in bronze. See, so... I am hereby announcing my retirement from all things women's cycling. <laughs> I did laugh at Dan, and I, I was so, 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 so happy for Rachel Nalen. She's such a great personality. She, she was, um, she kind of self-identified um, as she, she, she was, she'd been um, a runner and she trained as a physiotherapist. She, I don't know what the Sydney Swans are. I think they might be some They're kind an of Australian team. rules football team. Is that just like another way of saying barbaral? Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's kind of like, um, well, if you've got any, any passing familiarity with Gaelic football, it's, no. ki it's kind of like a cross between Gaelic football, soccer, um, rugby, and um, an NFL, but without any of the normal restrictions that prevent violence. So is it like is it like the um, the old joke about hockey about ice hockey games? You know, I went to a fight and an ice hockey game broke out. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Although if an ice hockey game breaks out at one of these, then something's gone really fucking wrong. But... <laughs> well, yes, um, <laughs> yes. I mean, so, so there's Rachel. She was a physiotherapist, and she. Um, really had always been in love with the Olympics and she tried rowing and she'd got up to state level, she got up to state level at running and so she identified herself as cycling, as cycling and she 
um, persuaded the South, South Australian Sports Institute to take her on, even though she wasn't from South Australia, which was clever. And she kind of she went out to a she went she she kind of had this thing where in her first season she got a couple of races with this American team Proman, which is the the predecessor of uh, Exergy 2012, and the couple of races turned into a couple of months. And then she hopped on a plane and went to Europe and uh, paying her own way for her first year completely. And the Australian national team said, well, you know, we'll ride you in one race. And then one race turned to like a couple of months there as well. So, you know, it's she's she's really, really one of those inspirational people of just be passionate about something and try it, you know. And and she's had a terrible year. <laughs> it's been a fucking dreadful year. I mean, 2011 was pretty bad. She... Um, no, 2010 was bad. She uh, she managed to break. She managed to pull all the skin off her backside, so she couldn't sit down. And then she managed to break her jaw, so she couldn't smile. She can now, but yes. she can now. Yeah, she she she, she had lots. But then twen- then 2011, she was with Diodora. But this year, she's been riding with a small team, Abbas Nutrixion, and I don't quite know what's gone on there, but it isn't nice. Well, I, yeah, last I heard, they took their bike and went home. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was she was bikeless two weeks ago, uh, before the Tour de Lardèche. So mm, yeah, mm. but you know, um, and when she so she was in the Tour de Lardèche, she was riding in that mixed team and uh, with uh, with uh, Emma Pooley and Sharon Laws and Miranda Vries, and yeah, and so she, and she was so there, there she was riding with that, and she ended up I think she was ended up four, she ended up fourth in the GC at Lardèche, which is like her best UCI race. And off the back of that, she got a place in the Australian national team, and she got a silver medal. Which you know, <laughs> not too shabby, not too shabby at all. But yeah, I'm yes. The, the I'm trying to distract from the fact that the moral of that story was Dan was right. <laughs> in your face! Oh God! And that's like the second time. That's I think I've had to apologise to you in the last four or five of these. So <laughs> oh, maybe we do need to take a hiatus. <laughs> Just to give you a chance to not have to apologise for it. I know, yeah. It, <laughs> I had to spend the off-season base, and you had Lex Albrecht in your team, didn't you? So you know, and well, you had actually, I, I actually have the entire podium in my team, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but that's luck. <laughs> I like to think you've been taught well. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I, the, the other reason I'm, I'm not putting it on you is because we we both know how far I am down the rankings. So, <laughs> you know, three three good selections in my VDS team doesn't yeah. doesn't actually make a good team. Yeah, we're both playing the Podium Cafe season long game. Uh, if you're not playing it all this year, then you should definitely play it next year because it's hilarious, and you too can realise how wrong you can be on every possible opportunity. <laughs> Or maybe that's just my team. (laughs) Pretty, pretty awesome, really. um, Anyway, in in addition to Rachel coming second, there were two other people on the podium. I know it's kind of weird, but yeah, Uh, I I was very, very pleased for for young Ms. Boss to to finally claim her her world champion jersey. I, I cry. Well, I didn't cry, but I did have tears in my eyes. I just, oh, Mariana, just, oh, like, I was so fucking happy for her. 
But I also loved, I, I did just love the way those last few moves played out on the Kalberg. How, um, you know, um, and Evander Bregan attacked and there was that amazing, like, really tense moment when, you know, it had to be worked out who was going to chase. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. um and I mean I don't mean this in a in a negative way at all but I think tactically that was probably the most important um part of the race for the rest of the podium because you know obviously there's no way Mariana was going to chase but I thought Rachel was risking everything and, and had actually waited too long um when Amber Nevin finally took up the chase and yeah. it turned out to be a really smart move, and I actually think that 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 may have been, um, you know, that extra effort may have been enough that that's what prevented Amber from being able to to stay in touch a little further up the road. Um, yeah. I could be wrong; she she may have already been mostly cooked. Um, I don't know, but in, in in any case, I think tactically that really played to to Rachel's strength. Um, yeah. But then. You know, she launched an attack after they pulled it back, and Voss followed her, and then then attacked straight off it, and and Mariana just you know did that beautiful Voss thing where she just sort of stood up and walked away from everyone else, and there was just never any catching her. Um, but it was still like there was just for me it was incredibly sweet watching her, you know, riding that last. Um, I think I wrote in my recap, you know, probably the most painful 1.7 kilometers in cycling history because you've yeah. crested the Kalberg, but you, you've still got to just burn it, you know, to, to yeah, get to the line. And watching her, you know, one of the most dominant riders in the sport um, and in the sport's history, still regularly checking over her shoulder just to make sure they're not catching me, they're not catching me, they're not catching me. Um, and, and then as she, as she came to the line and, and grabbed the flag and rolled across, it was, it was really, really great. Um, yeah. And, but then for me also, and it was quite weird because, you know, I consider myself to not be too nationalistically bound, but I was really caught up by, by Rachel's performance. And so I was almost to a certain extent, distracted from, from Mariana's win because I was so worried about Rachel making it across second. It's <laughs> like, come on, Rachel, just hold on. Just hold on. It was very funny listening but to you. I think that was also, also at least in part, because I desperately wanted Sarah to be wrong. <laughs> I gotta say, people, I really, really recommend watching races on Skype with your best friend you never actually met in real life. <laughs> uh, especially if he's a sweary bastard from Australia. Oh, it's so funny. And we're at the same time talking about it on Twitter and talking about it on Podium Cafe. <laughs> it's kind of like some mad multitasking effort. But yeah, I think my last final comments were all I could do on Podium Cafe. Just go, boss! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I mean, it was when she, for me, the moments of the race were, I think it was in, was it in the third lap when, was it the, the, the third lap that she, that she attacked, that she bridged across to the break? Oh, yes. Uh, was it third or fourth? Third, third from, I'm oh, sorry, third from the end, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she'd, and that break, I mean, that break had been an interesting one because it had Neben and, Char, and Charlotte Becker, who were the big names in it. And then it had Nalan, who wasn't really, work, who wasn't so much working so fast, and Van der Bregen and Ratto, who were, I mean, 
Van der Bregen and Ratto and Longo Borghini, I'll come on to those a bit later actually, but you know, they weren't the A riders from their team, from their, from their team, so they weren't working so hard. And, and Amber Nebbins, passionate gesticulation, come on, we can do this, we can make this break happen, shouting at people to work, you know. Mm. And, and she, um, Nebbin rode a fucking incredible race. And so when Voss attacked on the Kalberg to get to that break, what was fascinating for me was that everyone knew that she was going to do it yeah that's the place where she's going to go and it's about the lap when she's going to go and only Longo Borghini could go with her yeah yeah and there's this really heartbreaking video of Emma Pooley talking after the race and Pooley's just being come off the line and she's devastated and she's saying that she's failed and da 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 but she got a little bit blocked in when that attack went but it wasn't just Pooley it was Stevens it was Johansson you know it was Nicole Kirk it was everyone you on everyone else missed it too <laughs> and it wasn't so much they missed it it's just that when Voss goes like that and it's a punchy small climb and she's been wrecking the Kalberg all year you know it's yeah. like it's yeah well the rumour I heard is that she's actually literally been riding it in her sleep um, <laughs> you know just waking up every now and then halfway up the hill just you know caught in a mid-gear change ready to ready to keep going yeah, I'm so happy for her. I mean, Voss won the world's Voss ran the world road race in 2006. Yeah, she was the 2004 junior world champion, and then she came second in the juniors in 2005. Then she won it in 2006 ahead of Trixie Warwick and Nicole Cook, and then 2007, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. She was second. Yeah, that's she has never come less than second in the world. And while that's an amazing achievement. It really, 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 she felt it, you know, she really wanted that win. Mm. And so when she was riding, when she was riding that final little distance, that final tiny hellish distance, you could see her crying. She knew she'd done it. She was checking. She was triple checking. I mean, in that little move where she nipped across and got the, and grabbed the flag out of the fan's hand, she was still going really fast. That's her bike handling skills. She made that kind of move where you just go sideways across the road. Look, easy as piss. It was just... Oh, I was so happy. I was very, very happy. And oh, and she's you know she's got the double, the Olympic and world's double. She's her year's just been phenomenal. And this is a year where she had flu, so couldn't ride Flanders, and then broke her collarbone. You know, so oh, just wonderful, 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 Mariana Voss. I was very, very, very happy indeed. Yeah, I just wish that she'd take her her cycling seriously. You know, rather than getting <laughs> sick and breaking bones all the time, just to have time off. <laughs> oh. You know what? Um, John Orbea, John Psychopunk, pointed out that this is her, if you include her junior titles, this is her 10th world champion title because she's got five in cyclocross, three on the road, and two on the track. And she's still only 25. It's just, I look forward to the next round of, uh, of cloning technology and, uh, and what we'll be able to yield from it. <laughs> You're going to clone Marianica? Yep, super soldiers. Um, from... I don't. She'd be a very good soldier. She's just too nice a person. Well, yes, but I mean, if we're we're talking mad science here, my dear, we're not mixing from just one pot, you know. It's... Oh, I see. So you'll kind of mix mix Mariana's uh, Mariana's all round excellence with some 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 vicious misanthropic um, Australian. Yeah. Some 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 good old fashioned evil. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, 
Yeah, no, I I don't think we were going to go with Australian. They're unreliable, lazy, okay. drunk bastards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and what else did I like in it? Yeah, I mean, one of the things about the top ten as well is how young, how the, the, is, is, the, is the range there. So you've got Mariana, who's only 25, in um, first place. Rachel Nalen, who's had this fantastic story of finding cycling herself. And, you know, she's got this, she, she, she likes the mantras like, you know, the harder, the, the harder you work, the luckier you, the luckier you get. And then um, Elisa Longo Borghini, she's uh, you know she she's the, she's like one of this one of this crop of very young Italian stars, and she came. She's only twenty. She's had this amazing year. She's uh, she came third in the GP Plue, and she was the best young rider in the Giro Don. Yep. Uh, fourth place was Amber Neben, and she's you know an established superstar, former world champion on um, in, in in ITT. Then in fifth place, Anna van der Breggen, and she's another breakout rider who's only, um, you know, she's only 22. And then in sixth place, Rosella Ratto, who's only 19. You know, and, and they were all in the break. Uh, they were all in the break and they were all rode really, really well. And that's, that's very interesting. I think that the future of the sport is going to get very exciting. You know, who can, you know, who can beat Mariana Voss? Well, give... Uh, give Longo Borghini, Longo Borghini and Ratto a couple of years time and the Italians will be taking that back and you know they, mm. they have had the um, my, you know, my other random stat is looking is, is you know there's only been one year since 2007 where they haven't got an Italian on the podium so you know they're and oh so, so much so watch out for the Italian revenge you're saying yeah, watch out for the Italian revenge. They're amazing. It's going to be it's so exciting, Dan. And yeah, and it wasn't the only world's road race, of course, because we also had the um, junior, the junior women's road race, and that's always worth watching out for. But you know, for future talent, um, Monty on Podium Cafe uh, put a put a post up about um, proving that women that, that women are using the women's road race to to prove that that women are smarter than men yeah i i feel like that was um manipulated mathematically but i can't work it out so <laughs> well if you look at like if you look at the list of who's been in there you can so much talent anyway um so the junior um, road race worlds was run by Lucy Garner, and that's the second year in a row she's won that, and that's quite exciting for Britain because the um, the junior worlds ITT was won by Eleanor Barker, who's another Brit. So you know we're we're looking quite good for the future there. There's our there's our junior Emma Pooley's junior Nicole Cook's junior Lizzie Armistead's coming through. So hurrah! And um, in Rural second Britannia. <laughs> And in second place was a Norwegian, um, Aline Brustad. And that's nice because there's a lot of young Scandinavian girls coming through. And then in third place in the road race was one of um, one of my favourite riders to watch, um, Anna Zita Maria Stricker, who sounds like she's um, probably German, but she's actually Italian. And the mass of young Italian riders is really, really impressive. And Stricker's been winning all sorts, doing really, really well in all sorts of, um, all the junior races, which are generally in Italy. Um, she came second in the European junior road race and mm -hmm. she rode the brainwash tour and came 59th. And then she came third in the um, Worlds. So watch out for Stricker because that's another, you know, in a couple of years time, she'll be 
there's going to be this. I imagine in, in four years' time when, you know, Longo Borghini at 20 is the old lady of the team and then you've got, you know, Ratto and Stricker and all these other young Italians. It's going to be, it's going to be really good fun. It's like a hotbed, hotbed of exciting talent, psyching talent to watch. So, yes, it was amazing. I, I'm, I'm trying to forget that it signals the end of the season, really. But, yes. <laughs> Well, that's all right, because there are a few things coming up that are still worth paying some attention to. And uh, we don't have time for them all in this week's episode, but do you want us to run us through what we'll be talking about next week? Yeah, next week we're going to talk about the um, the best of the season. We're going to do a season rundown of highlights, um, uh, Dan and Sarah's highlights of the 2012 season. And uh, there's so much good stuff. I think this might take about five hours, Dan. I have to warn you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll plan to take Thursday off work then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just pretend, you, just pretend you've got a hangover. They'll, they'll completely understand. <laughs> uh, no, they won't. In Australia, if you're hungover, you go to work. <laughs> oh, I see. That's how you get it. And you know, and then, and then, you know, and then, obviously, over, and um, we're not, we're, we're gonna, we're not going to be podcasting every week over the, um, over the off season because that way madness lies, I think. But we will be having um, regular episodes where we talk about the transfers and cyclocross. I'm going to make Dan watch the cyclocross race and track, and I'm going to make Dan watch the track race. And there's all sorts of other things to tell you about as they come. So keep an eye on our sites. It's going to be great. I'm sure. <laughs> And of course, uh, we are in the um, midst of uh, organising all of the the various uh, rewards and prizes that need to go out in both directions. Rewards for our donors, prizes for our writers. Uh, as I said at the top of the podcast, if you owe me stuff, fucking send it already. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I'm just going to m- make everyone's name say Dan. <laughs> Yeah, Dan, what a generous man you are. Indeed. Very, very generous. Dan, 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 Dan. I was thinking maybe we could um maybe we could just uh use the I'm sure 140 characters could add up to a personal ad or something like that. Worn around by Emma Trot, that's awesome. As she rides, as she rides around, which actually I do have to point out that I did did say that uh, that Emma was under no obligation to wear the t-shirt. So, <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I I'm think not that's sure. only fair. Yeah, I'm not sure what size cyclists are, so I think if we order it in extra, extra, extra large, we should be quite. Um, it should be. It should be all right. Well, I think we're going to have to just to fit everything on it anyway. So, yeah. And, and of course, we will have a special episode of our podcast where Dan reads um, people's uh, things people have asked him to read. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, in addition to Emma not being obliged to wear the T-shirt and in addition to me being obliged to read pretty much anything you want. Don't forget that it doesn't just have to be something stupid or silly, although that's that's very welcome. Uh, we've actually had our first request from one of our, our donors, Kevin uh, Kelvin Rundle, sorry, Kelvin, uh, who has asked, and because this is such a worthy thing, I'm going to mention it several times, um, for us to point you towards 
Uh, Chelsea Hosking, Chloe's sister. Uh, you may remember Chloe from such wonderful comments as Pat McQuaid's a bit of a dick and um, others of uh, similar and slightly less offensive ilk. Uh, Chloe's one of my favourites, and her sister Chelsea is writing to conquer cancer, or at least to raise money to conquer cancer. Um, there is a donation page, which I'm going to link to because the URL's a bit complex, but uh, it's a great way to, to raise some money, support cycling, support a cyclist, and, you know, it's a good use of me reading something in a not-funny voice. So, there we go. I'm going to mention it again next week, and so on as well because uh yeah it's it's very very much worthy yeah she's she's aiming to reach two and a half thousand dollars so um for the peter mccullum cancer center because uh, and the reason she's doing that for is she's saying that her boyfriend lachlan was um diagnosed with cancer and had chemotherapy there and he's five years later he's 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 from from that bout he's he's been diagnosed with the same cancer and is undergoing chemotherapy, so you know, good luck, good luck to him, good luck to Chelsea, good luck to Lachlan, and all of the Hosking family, friends, and supporters. And for those who don't know, um, the Peter Mac Institute is actually one of the premier cancer research facilities, not just in Australia but in the world. Um, actually, one of my very best friends happens to work there, so um, it's it's a great organisation and uh, very much worth the the support. Uh, so please do check the site for the link, um, and and if you can contribute generously to uh, to this great cause. Yes. And um, and well, 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 it seems weird to move on from cancer to anything else. Um, it's not the only cause that we're interested in this week, is it? Well, I'm interested in so many causes. Uh, I'm just a very generous and giving man in tune with myself, the world around me, and, and those in need in general. So maybe you want to narrow it down for me. Which cause in particular? Well, I was thinking of the fan-backed women's team. Oh, well, that cause, near and dear to my heart, and actually touching so many of those very same things, the environment, people around me. Uh, yeah, no, the fan-backed women's team is... Um, really interesting to to me um you may remember we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago because uh at the time steph wyman my man crush i think i'm contractually obliged to say that every time i mention <laughs> his name now aren't i um i had posted an article on the cyclismus uh website just discussing the the whole idea of um you know crowdsourced fundraising for a team and what he thought that may or may not do. And it was more of a speculative piece. It was. It really was just him going, you know, I think the idea's got merit, but I'm not sure that, that the world's ready for it sort of thing. And even if it was, I don't think you could guarantee that you'd raise enough money to do uh, to, to run a full team, certainly not straight away. And you would definitely not want to, you know, make your riders' salaries or staff salaries dependent on it and stuff like that. And, uh, and it was a really interesting article. But the thing is, the response to it was far beyond what anybody expected because, among other things, uh, somebody went, well, fuck it, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I'm always a fan of. <laughs> and, and so what's happened is that the fan-backed women's team, which is um, hashtagged on Twitter if you want to easily follow the history, has, uh, has come into to being and... Uh, at last count, I think we're, they were up 
somewhere around 220 odd people had um, had committed um, about a hundred pounds each towards the team and um, and Steph has actually sort of gone and, and put together a, a bit of an idea of what could happen if this this does actually turn into a, a component of um, of the the team that he owns and runs um, matrix fitness Prentice, um to ensure that there is clear transparency on how the money would be used, but also, and this is the part that I really, really love, Steph's absolutely committed that if this goes ahead, um, that um, it doesn't just benefit his team, but that it benefits cycling uh, and women's cycling, and specifically British women's cycling, as much as possible. So he's talking about using um, about half the money to run events and, and workshops and clinics and stuff to help promote women's cycling and women's competition across the sport in general and uh, and things like that. I think it's it's absolutely amazing. And the, the goal is to find 500 people who can commit at that level or higher um, in order to, to raise a minimum of £50,000 um, which will will go to both of those things. Some of it will will feed into the team and help support extra activities for the team in terms of um, having a bit more ability to do marketing and and um, you know maybe have slightly better conditions um, in terms of um, facilities for the riders when they're at races and stuff like that. I I don't actually know. I'm speculating there, uh, but but as much again will go back to the sport in general so i'm really actually amazed but in a in a very happy excited and positive way to to see how this is progressing yeah and it's 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 very it's 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 part of this whole theory of of you know actually as fans we can get together and do things and again while they're looking for people to help raise money they're also looking for people who can give in kind. And that's whether, um, you know, whether it's like you can help with, you know, photography or film or whatever, or you've got some contacts, or if you can just help out, actually, because Steph is very, very keen that it's not just about the cash, it's about the community. And one of the things we've been talking about is, well, let's get a load of people to turn up to one of the British races and we could get people to turn up in the same colour T-shirts and we could have a meet and we could, you know, go to the pub together and we could you know we could do things that shows people we're really keen to go to these races let's make it an event let's let's go to and this is very british based but let's go to bedford for example and see the bedford today and and cheer and 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 be and be really exciting and make a great atmosphere for riders but also a great atmosphere for fans you know let's go to the cyclocross um the cyclocross europeans when they're in britain this year and it's it's, it's you know it's really it's really good. It could be we can make something really positive, you know. And the money's just again, the money's just a small part of it. So, yeah, you, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and um, and thank you for for picking me up on that because I had neglected um, that that uh, Steph, my man crush, um, <laughs> is uh, very much committed and quick to point out that the. One of the primary reasons that they're looking at that number of five hundred people is not just the the money, but because that's a that's a tangible fixed 
minimum involvement number that they're able to in turn give to sponsors and promoters and event organizers and say well we've got a list of this many people who we know will tell their friends about it will tell their family about it will go to things will do this will do that and uh, and the extended reach of those people uh and and that's the thing that i find really interesting about all of this from the funding side of it to the community side of it is that Ultimately, what we're talking about is fan empowerment. Um, yeah. I think many of us as fans for for years, you know, we've... This is one of the aspects of old media models where we've been taught that we passively consume uh, entertainment yeah. and so we sit and watch sport. And, yeah. you know, we might support our team or whatever, but it, we're not really engaged and that's what's changing with, um, you know, with this world of social media and, and different, a different type of connection and a different type of relationship. Um, and cycling is in a unique position to, to really take advantage of that. And women's cycling even more so because um, it is to such a, a large extent um, ignored or, or let down by mainstream media. Um, that it, it already has deep connections in these other ways. And the the opportunity for fans with this sport now to really have an impact and really have a positive impact on the future of the sport and, uh, and the success of riders and teams and races and, and everything else about it is unparalleled. And it's one of the most exciting things about it all because what we do collectively and individually now will have a lasting impact on on the future of cycling that's a really cool thing yeah and it's and it's very interesting that the, the men's side their solution is to set up an even more exclusive league, league you know to bring and whereas on the women's side it's uh it's it's uh let's let's fuck it let's 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 put the sport how we want to see it. I mean, there's also the um, the other interesting thing that I that I like looking at at the moment is the is the um, the Paul Kimmage Defence Fund. Um, the UCI is suing Paul Kimmage, who's actually currently out of work at the moment for some articles he did. They're not suing the Sunday Times where he placed those articles, or any but, of the uh, publications who've repeated the allegations, or yeah, yeah. any but, of the authors of the various books that also make those same yeah, allegations. But um, uh, NYC Velocity started a, uh, a defence fund for him, which was taken over by the um, by the by the Mavericks at uh, Cyclismus. And it, last time I looked, it was like thirty-five thousand dollars. That they'd raised, yeah, yeah, pretty and much. I think, was, I think it was just right, rising, you know, rising all the time, and and that was almost, and it was interesting. So lots of people have taken that on, not so much because they care about Paul Kimmage, but because they really want to send a message to the UCI: you don't represent us. Mm. This is, you know, we're 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 we're, um, we're we, we want to take our, you know, we want to take our sport back. Well, I think so, that was that was, you know, I think this is a, a sentiment that's been simmering for a long time in cycling fandom in general. I mean, I, I wrote um, a, a letter to Pat McQuaid back towards the start of the year um, in relation to a, a couple of things, and one of the things that I, I did sort of um, mention in that was that the UCI doesn't own our sport. And I think that's a, an attitude and a, and a frustration that has really developed over the last few years because we've seen actions that 
I think can most charitably be characterized as questionable in their intent mm. from, you know, setting up private companies that are owned by senior people in the UCI to, to promote and run races for profit um, and yep. then forcing teams to, to go to those races. Um, yeah. <coughs> Beijing. Um, <laughs> and... You know, and then the various other things that that really came to a head. And Paul, the Paul Kimmage thing, it, don't get me wrong, absolutely a worthy cause in and of itself. Because this is this is a brutal, punishing witch hunt. This is a this is a serious attempt, in at least in terms of how it looks to me, to to send a message to journalists to shut the fuck up, basically. Yeah. Um, because this is a guy who is not rich. Um, he was downsized. Uh, last year, so he hasn't had steady work. He he doesn't have much of anything, and they're not even suing him for a lot. But they're suing him to make yeah. a point. But they're not taking on anyone who can afford their own lawyers. And um, and I think that's the really interesting thing is that that it's become uh, an issue where, as you say, people can just go well. Look, basically, this is a this is a vote of no confidence by the public. By yeah. by the rest of us in general saying, well, fuck it, we're not happy with what's going on, and we want yeah. change, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. The thing is, the story's now been picked up by more and more of the media. It's been on Cycling News, um, that it's been referenced on the SBS Cycling Central website here in Australia. Um, there's reference to it in the Sydney Morning Herald, which is one of our major newspapers. It's um, our, you know, second largest um, daily newspaper. Uh, it's it's getting attention, and it's really, really, really blowing up in the face of uh, of Mr. McQuaid and Mr. Verbruggen. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so that was a that was a long diversion. Mm, but power <laughs> but, to the people, revolution. Yeah. And and what an interesting time I think it comes out of as well with people's love for the Olympics. The Olympics was amazing. And from women's cycling, the Olympics was amazing. And it catalyzed, it was it was fascinating seeing people say what we've been thinking for years, which is, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> what 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 you know, why don't we get to see this more? What's going on? And people who aren't gonna take no for an answer, and I like that. You know, or it's it's easy sometimes to just sit there and go, yeah, yeah, that's just the way it is. Look, look, it's all right. We've got this fifteen minute video, but you know, it's um, it, it's good. It's it it feels like interesting times, and the off season is going to be very interesting indeed. It really, really is, uh, and I, I look forward to and welcome the inevitable change. Uh, in the meantime, thank you though to everyone for being part of you know a, a new era in our sport. We're changing things, and um, I think we're changing things for the better. So you know, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. And yeah, and and you know, again, I know I keep saying it, but thank you to everyone. How many did we get? Ninety? We got ninety-two people who donated to the jersey. And, Actually, you know, it was I think it was ninety-five in in the total. See, the problem is that Sarah and I have uh, not so much disagreement, but we have this this perpetual problem where she forgets to count us, and I sort of remember and then feel conflicted about counting us. <laughs> but we did, yeah. we, we did but donate. 
95 people who donated. I mean, you know, the number of hits on the number of hits on our site was huge. Um, the number of uh, you know the number of people the number of people who retweeted was ridiculous. I started counting it and I gave up because it was just ridiculous. I couldn't. I just couldn't keep up. But you know, we had um, 13,000 hits on our um, on our page about on our voting page. It was just it was just and that was like in the course of a week or something. It was just great. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my her tiny little heart. Thank you. Your tiny little shriveled, cold British heart. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and from Dan's giant, enormous Antipodean heart. Warm, vibrant, giving, generous, beautiful heart. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, gentle listener. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, do come back next week. We'll be talking uh, our favourite moments of the season and we might even make up some crazy bullshit awards to give to people for specific things. Um, and and in the, the weeks following, we will probably slow down our recording schedule as we enter the off-season, but we'll still be around. So uh, look forward to catching up with you next time.